The professional interests and personal priorities of our hosts result in regular child development coupled with educational and brain learning conversations. Join in as Dr. Larry Mercer and Michelle Charles bring their expertise before the microphone as part of an ongoing dialogue between this father and daughter duo on Let's Build Their Brain. I'm sure there are a variety of thoughts if people hear the word self-care. Self-care seems to have been a buzzword in recent years, so I thought it might be helpful to give an explanation as to what we will mean when we say self-care today. If I had to try and give a definition, I would say self-care is being intentional to do those things that encourage the overall health and well-being of a person in all aspects of life. That being said, self-care encompasses a lot of things and we're not going to cover it all. We could even spend several episodes on each individual topic we do cover today. What we will try to do is to give a broad overview of some of the areas of self-care we want our children to love or at least tolerate from an early age. I would say a love or at least a tolerance of self-care skills and habits is crucial in life. Well, I'll just say to you that this topic is one that I really wish someone had spent some time to be talking about earlier in life. I reached a stage in my life where I'm looking back and realizing that there are a lot of things I could have done, should have done differently to take care of myself, to help me in my personal life, to affect with my relationships. So I think, Michelle, this is one of the most important topics we can explore as we look at trying to help caregivers take care of young children. Well, let's dive in and let's start at a really basic level with those personal care and body hygiene skills. Basic care, body hygiene skills becoming second nature for a person is foundational for a young child. Hand washing, bathing, and dental habits are just a few of the skills that I think could fall into this area. Learning to care for and clean the body is something that little ones need to be directly taught. Some might wonder why I even brought this up on a brain building discussion. Does taking care of or not taking care of basic hygiene impact a child when it comes to learning? Absolutely. Studies have shown that good hygiene practices are linked to improved health outcomes, which in turn support a child's ability to learn. For instance, regular hand washing can significantly reduce the incidence of clinical diseases, leading to better attendance and more consistent engagement with activities. Maintaining dental health can prevent oral disease contribute to better nutrition and speech development. Neglecting these things can lead to distractions in the learning environment. And so I think it's really important to lay this foundation for basic hygiene is really critical for child development. Well, we're going to move on in this self-care conversation. Like I said, we're going to try and do a broad overview of some of these topics. We'll continue with things we put inside of our body. I know hydration is important for kids and adults alike. It's something that can impact our health. Now, personally, I know I can more quickly and easily drink down significant amounts of liquids like tea or juice than water. So uh, honestly, this is a question that I have personally too. Why do our bodies need so much water? It is fascinating. I'm just finishing a book, listening to a book called, You're Not Sick, You're Thirsty. (laughs) 
this author makes a really powerful statement. He says that most disease, most discomfort, is a localized response to our body's lack of water. It's fundamental to every cell, tissue, and organ system in the body. It plays a role in almost everything: temperature regulation, nutrient transport, waste removal. Adequate hydration, particularly crucial for children, because it supports their rapid growth and energy levels. It facilitates cognitive function, memory, mood regulation. <laughs> Unlike sugary drinks like juice or caffeinated beverages, this provides vital functions without added flavors, calories, or things that may be toxic to the body. I'm realizing now that many times I'm feeling uncomfortable. It really is my need for water. The body is saying, "Give me water." So. I think I hope we can come back and talk more about these things more because this is such a foundational topic. So water is critical to the functioning of a healthy body.、Mm. Well, let's continue to talk about what we put inside of our body and move on to food and nutrition. We want to help our children learn to fuel their body with what it needs. I think it's easier, especially in these formational years, to set the best habits possible. Instead of a person having to unlearn patterns later in their life, now there is so much in this category we could cover too, but we'll simply start by letting you share with us, Dad. What are three categories of food needed for the growing brain? Let me give you three categories: one, omega-3 fatty acids, antioxidants, and complex carbohydrates. Omega-3s are found in fish like salmon and flaxseed. They're key for neural development and cognitive function. Antioxidants are found in fruits and vegetables like blueberries and spinach. They help protect the brain from stress, promote brain health. Complex carbohydrates that present the whole grain provide a steady source of energy for the brain, supporting concentration and learning. So I would say omega-3 fatty acids, antioxidants, and complex carbohydrates, and helping children understand the relationship between these things in daily life are critical. For example, eating fish to help their brains grow stronger. Carbohydrates are fuel for the body and brain, makes the content for the exercise and fun. Yeah, you know, and so I would say those are three, and connecting those things to daily life is really critical to help them to understand the importance of good nutrition. All right, I don't want to move on too quickly from this because when I heard you list some of those foods, those aren't things that I naturally think of as great, common. Kid-friendly food that lots of kids love. So, in light of that, how do we communicate to a young child the value in the nutrition of the food we're having them eat? Well, I think we ask them, "Do you want to grow stronger? Do you want to be good at sports? Do you want to have time playing with your friends? Do you need to feed your body what it needs to help you do that?" Okay. Well. As with many things we talk about on our podcast, kids need direct instruction on them. Kids need guidance from us as their caregivers. And when it comes to prioritizing rest, that's going to be one of those things they need to be taught. Young and old alike need adequate rest to function to their full potential. We need our children to at least tolerate the necessary amount of sleep in order to better facilitate their overall health and well-being. How can that lack of sleep possibly impact a person? Some things that really foundational to our development, development of children. And as I said earlier, I wish somebody had taken the time to help me understand these things because I didn't get it. I didn't get it. But now I'm learning, and it's exciting to even at this stage of my life understand the importance of these very, very vital concepts. 
lack of sleep can impair cognitive function. It can reduce the child's ability to pay attention. It can hamper memory. It can hurt problem-solving abilities. It can minimize mood regulation being done well. It increases irritability, mood swings, and helps with managing stress. Uh, really, physically, though, lack of sleep can compromise the immune system, making a person more susceptible to infections and illnesses. Children, this is really, really important in these critical growth periods. And chronic sleep deprivation can impact their growth hormones and affect their overall development. I tell you, teaching children the importance of rest isn't just about getting into for the day. It's about laying the foundation for their life because if they don't sleep well in the early years, it can impact their brain development for a lifetime. So really, sleep is critical as well. In fact, the other book I just recently finished reading was Why We Sleep. It helps us understand how the body functions, how critical it is that we during sleep we repair body tissues, we consolidate the things we learned in the day. Sleep's a very important time, and the brain is going into a mode that's really, really critical while functioning for the next day. If we were having this discussion many years back, I don't know that I would have this emphasis I'm about to talk about now. But the speed at which technology is changing is impacting the things we need to teach our children. It's almost hard to keep up with. As caregivers, I think it's vital, like never before, that we keep young people aware of healthy habits and patterns when it comes to screens. Topics like how to appropriately use technology to interact with others, Determining reliable sources of information and responding to inappropriate content should be directly presented and covered with children at age-appropriate levels. Now for today's episode, I think we will talk about what could be one of the first screen health habits that you could cover with your child. That will be screen time limits. What can a caregiver do if they try and enforce those limits or present those limits and it results in meltdowns. Wow. <laughs> in today's world, children are so addicted to technology and it's so natural and normal that to take that away is almost like taking away the ability to breathe or live. But I think that meeting those meltdowns with everything is important. At the path of the child's feelings, Knowledge of feelings, but you have to maintain the boundary. Maybe you have a conversation about why milk for lying, saying limits are important. Emphasizing the importance of limits for both their health, their well being, and the importance of engaging other activities, offering alternatives to meet the child's need for fun and relaxation, outdoor play, reading, or engaging in a hobby. I would say consistency is vital here because sticking to the limits, despite meltdowns, will send a clear message that. It's important to understand and value your feelings by valuing development more. And over time, as the child adjusts, as they get used to the fact that you're, you're, you're going to be consistent, as they understand that you care about them as a person, they'll adjust. They'll adjust as a result of them being able to be more balanced individual and them being able to not be addicted to technology like swing kids are today. So consistency, empathy, Creating alternatives is really important for when a child responds with a meltdown. All right. 
For a final category we'll cover today under this big umbrella of self-care, we will revisit something we've talked about before, but I think it's one of those life skills that we need to constantly help our children with. It's imperative that our children develop skills related to their emotional intelligence. Self-awareness and self-regulation are examples of skills our children must learn to love or at least tolerate. Why is emotional intelligence an important life skill then? <laughs> One person said the people with the highest IQ are working for the people with the highest EQ, emotional quotient. So really, it's a key to lifelong success. It will underpin successful relationships and family life and our personal lives and our professional lives. It really is the ability to understand your own emotions and recognize the influence of your emotions on the other person. Equipping children with emotional intelligence helps them navigate social relationships and help them make thoughtful decisions. It will set them up for life. Because really, the key to success in life is how you get along with people, how you manage yourself in difficult circumstances. So equipping children with high EQ emotional intelligence is really going to be key to helping them learn how to relate to other people to make critical There is so much there in this topic of self-care, and I feel like we've kind of rushed through and covered very briefly many of these topics. I can't help but think it's important to say this topic is so important and these foundational skills and areas of care for your child are so important that the brief conversation we had is not enough. These conversations are ones you can continue with the professionals who know your individual child, like their pediatrician. They can be of great help in many of these conversations and questions that you have in helping you to help your child in this category of self-care. Well, let's share our practical and applicable ways to grow brains as we wrap up this time together today. What is a specific brain-friendly food you want to share with us today? We talked about this earlier in our podcast series, but I want to revisit avocados. They are essential for brain development. They they support the development of brain cells. Uh, they provide facets that are crucial for cognitive skills, such as memory concentration, the high vitamins and minerals, including vitamin K, folate, vitamin D. We know that protects the brain from oxidative stress. Avocados are a rich source of food. They can be put in, in slices of sandwiches or smoothies. So I, I would say bring different brain-friendly foods for today. There's avocados. Okay. What is a kid-friendly phrase we can use to communicate that we're looking out for the health and well-being of a little one, even when it doesn't seem like it to them? We're giving your body and brain the superhero food, food baby, who is strong and smart. A phrase like this engages and helps them think about health in a comfortable, fun, and in a relatable way. It appeals to imagination, sometimes it sounds natural, attractive to the hero. So I think it's addressing something that's fun and nutritious at the same time will be a great way to focus them on the importance of nutrition and take care of their bodies. 
For a fun activity, your creative use of timers is something that you might apply in many of these self-care areas. A timer with kid-friendly colors, animations, or fun sounds can make different tasks like brushing of teeth or ending of a screen time limit a little more pleasant for a child. Any closing thoughts? I love what you just did there. Uh, incorporating fun and creativity into self-care routines. I think that's important because it makes self-care activities more appealing, but it also teaches children valuable skills that will be part of their life. I think as we as we think about these topics, it's vital that we find ways to be really creative but impactful and communicate these things to those we love. I would say we want to make these habits second nature so they carry forward into adulthood. So I want to challenge our listeners to find joyful and creative ways to guide your children on the right path to health and happiness. Well, join us next time for more information and brain building blocks. Please follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Stay connected with Let's Build Their Brain via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Let's Build Their Brain Pod and on Twitter at Build Their Brain. Thank you for checking back with us each Monday for a new episode. We hope you leave each podcast with practical and applicable suggestions to aid your endeavor of building the brains of the ones you love. Until next time, let's build their brain. Thank you.